Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back again to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. Uh, before we uh, bring in our good friend and co-host, uh, an all-around great guy, Sam Gordon, um, just want to let you guys know that Vegas Nation podcasts, all the podcasts, uh, that we do here at Vegas Nation are brought to you. Um, and well, first of all, they're sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and they are presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. I had some liquid death uh, over the weekend. I like it. Good stuff. Uh, so um, if you're uh, into uh, some some uh, cool kind of water, uh, definitely go check out uh, some liquid death uh, as soon as you can. Sam Gordon, uh, I guess for, um, well, I don't guess, uh, I know for Raider Nation, um, we get to talk to them today under much better circumstances uh, for them uh, after a uh, much needed uh, victory uh, by the Raiders uh, beating uh, the Denver Broncos 35 to or 32 to 23 uh, after a um, kind of, you know, up and down game a little bit. But I thought for the first time all year, uh, the Raiders put together a pretty consistent football game no absolutely Vinny um absolutely and, and, and they needed to and I thought uh you, you know the word like the buzzword around the facility last week was balance right getting more balance offensively um they had that not only did they have balance they had the best performance of Josh Jacobs's career in a situation where he absolutely um had to deliver he was fast he was physical uh the offensive line the big offensive line up front things were clicking um, for them, um, for for that unit, especially down there, uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And then uh, defensively, uh, the Raiders made a play defensively with, with the Amit Robertson touchdown on the on the forced fumble from Melvin Gordon. And you had there was a lot of special teams miscues early. Right, Vinny, that was that was, you know, an issue. But when they had to have a special teams play, they had one with Matt with Matt Collins are able to force a quick three and out, get three points. So. No question their most complete game of the year and in uh, a victory over a division opponent uh, that gets them in the win column. And now, uh, you know, not not all. I mean, now you, there's something to be optimistic about. Right. I mean, this was a couple of those losses. I thought early on uh, were games that should have gone the Raiders way where they where they had plenty of opportunities. Uh, but this one they cashed in. They finished the football game and, and was very impressive to secure the first win of the Josh McDaniels era here in Vegas. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into that special teams redemption play um, a little bit later. But I think that you said the key word, finishing. Um, the Raiders finished the game uh, the way it needed to be finished. Uh, you know, to recollect everybody's memory, the Denver Broncos scored with just about seven minutes left in the game, excuse me, in the game uh, to cut the lead to two. And um, the Raiders were facing basically a drive where <laughs> really, uh, and if we're being honest, uh, nothing less than a touchdown was going to do um, because sure. with Russell Wilson on the other side, um, you're starting to get the hot hand as Russell Wilson is prone to do. And they had just driven down to score a touchdown, uh, kind of took momentum away from the Raiders. So really the only way you answer right there is by answering um, in a um, in a way that takes that basically clinches the game. And so I think everybody uh, in the entire building was waiting to see how would the Raiders respond again to a similar situation uh, that they've been in this year. And this time, Sam, for the first time all year, 
they handled it correctly. No question about it. No question about it. That was as really as impressive a drive, as impressive of a drive, Vinny, as I think you can put together considering the circumstances, right? The, the, the run, the, the running game, of course, extremely effective on that drive. Seven of the 10 plays called runs. And then a big second and 13 where you, you, you need big time yards. You don't want to be in a third and long. And Derek Carr hooks up with Devontae Adams, who makes a fantastic catch and do, do he does what he does after the catch, eluding a couple of tacklers and getting the first down there. So it was um, a really complete drive. And I felt like, you know, from that standpoint, right, Vinny, the, the drive that considering where they were at in the game, thought it was a byproduct of them sticking to and executing a game plan, right? Clearly they wanted to run the ball more that sense that Denver had some vulnerabilities um, against the run. And they kept that Denver offense stationed on the sideline for almost 10 minutes um, longer than their offense was on. I guess that was kind of a confusing way of saying it, but they won the time of possession battle by almost 10 minutes. The Raiders did. Right. And I thought running the ball effectively started to fatigue Denver's defense down the stretch. And when you absolutely had to have um, first downs, the Raiders were able to grind out, grind out some clock, grind out positive yards on pretty much every play uh, and then finish with some ferocity with Josh Jacobs, second touchdown run of the game. So it's a credit to the game plan. Um, it, it, it worked. They stuck with it. There was no deviation. There was no panic. And of course, it's a credit to the execution um, by an offensive line that, again, looks like it's developing some continuity and a, uh, and, and a, and a running back in Josh Jacobs um, that has a lot to play for this season and, and played, again, the best game, I thought, you know, this most productive game of his career. Yeah, and uh, that also uh, another retooled uh, offensive line, uh, only really this time because uh, Andre James returned uh, to center, which, as expected, Dylan Parham took over at right guard. Alex Bars, who I thought uh, has played uh, reasonably well uh, since since taking over over at left guard. Um, Colton Miller, um, and then Jermaine Illuminar started the game at right tackle, but he was replaced and maybe supplanted uh, by Thayer Munford, the rookie from Ohio State. It's, fu it's funny because I think going into that game, I think the Raiders, I think the preference is Thayer Munford at the right tackle position. But I think there was a little bit of hesitancy to start the game, Sam, with two rookies on the right side. That's a very unusual situation to have. You know what I'm saying? So I think they were like, okay, you know, Parham's, you know, moving back to guard after Andre James comes back, maybe the best bet is to put a veteran alongside him and Jermaine and Luminor. Uh, but it wasn't too long uh, into the game where Thayer Munford uh, took over and played the majority of snaps at right tackle and was on the field uh, in that critical drive. And I feel like that iteration of the line at this point um, is probably the Raiders' best bet. And, and it, yeah, and, and I think just kind of given everything we've seen through four games, when were the Raiders at their best when that combination was out there? And we, and that, that kind of, look, it's, you know, you would expect this, like you said, with, some, with, with the youth on the offensive line, especially what we've seen so far, to still be a work in progress. But with that said, I mean, what, how can, how can that group not feel confidence after finishing a game with a drive like that against, uh, let's, you know, let's be clear, Vinny, a Denver defense, that was ranked um, at the top or near the top of pretty much all the major statistical categories, right? This was a dominant Denver defense. Now, they hadn't played the best offenses in the league thus far, but they had dominated pretty much on that side of, side of the ball every team that they had played, limiting them in yardage and points. So for the Raiders to, again, execute a drive like that and really a, a half, I think the way they were able to kind of impose or, you know, three quarters, whatever, the way they were able to impose their will on the ground once they really got Josh Jacobs going, um, yeah, it has to be encouraging for, for a young offensive line trying to find some continuity and for a coaching staff that had been searching for answers for the first month of the season. 
it's funny because we throw a little shindig um, on, on Saturday nights uh, here locally in Las Vegas for Raider fans to come and talk to us, you know, Raider Nation, uh, to come talk to the Vegas Nation crew. Um, and uh, uh, it's pretty funny because the general consensus uh, was, you know, from the from the fans that were there, Vinny, if the Raiders could just play three quarters of good football. And I was like, you know, that might do it. And as it turns out, because they had been only playing two in each game and it got them close, but it wasn't close enough and it wasn't enough to get over the hump. And I thought that, you know, outside of that first quarter, which was almost a push, let's say that, uh, I think I think score-wise, the Broncos have the advantage. But after that, I think for the, the the last three quarters of the game, I think that the Raiders can make the claim that they won those three quarters. So it took three quarters uh, to get them the win over the Denver Broncos. And, and I think you're right, uh, you know, hit the nail on the head. You know, the Denver Broncos were no slouch defensively. Um, and the way I thought that the Raiders' offensive line wasn't perfect, and there's still um, a long way to go for that offensive line, but I felt like they pushed that defense around a little bit. And yeah, there were some pressures uh, given up. A lot of it, um, I think the Raiders still need to clean up uh, along the offensive line, their blitz pickup sure. and communication. And I do think that having um, the same set of guys now, and I, I feel like that's where the Raiders are right now. I think just the communication uh, on game days uh, are, is going to be a little bit better off once the five uh, starters continue to play with one another uh, as the year goes on. So um, I, I think that it was a step in the right direction for the offensive line. And certainly uh, that helped a lot of different uh, parts of the operation. Number one, first and foremost, and we got to talk about him, but Josh Jacobs uh, running uh, with anger, running with physicality, determination, intent. Um, it was just, he, he kind of put it, put it all together on Sunday. Yeah, no, that was as complete of a performance as we've seen from him. And he was also, I thought, Vinny, a presence in the passing game um, as well. He had some production there. Uh, but again, the Raiders just kind of sticking to the game plan of, of 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 relying on him and letting him pound a rock and do his thing. I thought he like he was finishing runs, and and by the end of the game, uh, you saw some of the, the you know the Broncos didn't want to tackle him. Vinny, there were there were a lot of arm tackles that he was just running right through because you know the constant dose of Jacobs and just running and running and running again. Fatigue clearly wore Denver down um, throughout the course of the game. So. That was something that we hadn't seen the first three games. And, and you go back to kind of what the the Josh McDaniels teams did in, in New England. Of course, circumstances a lot different with personnel and whatnot, but running the ball or having games where they could really put their foot down running the ball uh, was a big part of the formula there, situ certainly, the, you know, situationally, um, and then big picture as well. So uh, to get him going and to get that offensive line going, um, it, it, it has to be, I mean, it's against an opponent like that, has to be super encouraging for, for everybody in, you know involved in the operation. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? 
Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw that the Las Vegas Review Journal is carrying liquid death in their vending machine. So I sat down drinking one while eating my chicken pot pie just to fake out my co-workers and make them think that I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Woodman, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash vegasnation. That's liquiddeath.com slash vegasnation. And oh, by the way, Derek Hart turned into uh, quite the runner <laughs> on, on yeah. Sunday. I think, you know, over 40 yards uh, on a handful of carries. And on that drive that we were talking about to clinch the game, uh, I think he, he had like, he broke one for like nine yards to get a key first down on third sure. down. So uh, look, um, is, is, is he going to turn into, uh, you know, the next Josh Allen? No, um, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, but he's somebody that, as Josh McDaniels pointed out, I thought this was a, uh, a really astute, you know, explanation and kind of breakdown of it. Look, if if nobody's paying attention to Derek Carr, um, you know, in, in in pass coverage because you know you're devoting everybody to the, to the guys out on the pattern, pattern um, he's unaccounted for. And sometimes um, that's gonna that's gonna mean if if things aren't working out, if if everything's covered downfield. Uh, there should be some open space available to him. And he doesn't have to do it all the time. That's not what Josh McDaniels wants anyway. Um, he wants plays downfield with the arm and, and with, the, with the skill players that the Raiders have. But every once in a while, if it's not looking good down that way, uh, and there's, you know, if you just turn the Jets on a little bit, um, you know, uh, have him go get it. And and I think Derek uh, is, is becoming more and more open to it. It's the second week in a row uh, that he's done that. By the way, I had uh, somebody that uh, somebody that's close to Derek, let's just put it that way, has always told me that guarantee you Derek Carr remembers what his 40 time was in the, in the 40. You know, guys are, pride, you know, have sure. some pride and everything like that. And I had never looked it up because I was always thinking, five I, I i guess i uh oh oh uh derek a little bit of an apology because i didn't i didn't think that he was where he was so you know it just was the perfect situation for me to actually ask him yeah. i've been meaning to ask him for so yeah. long and you know coming off a 40 yard performance one a couple times where he where he put it on another gear i'm like derek do you remember what you ran in the in the in the uh in the uh at the combine so he said that i think he told me it was a uh four six ish um Ooh. clocked yeah but he he goes with the four five something that was on the unofficial. So he goes, that's what I tell people all the time. So he, sure enough, he remembered. It's a it's classic athlete, man. They, they'll always remember. They remember everything for that matter. But the bad and the good. But uh, but he remembers that uh, that he can run a little bit. And he told me he goes, you know, it's funny because guys were saying. Man, you look a little faster out there, and if, you know that's not bad uh, when you when you hit 31 years old as he is uh, to to still have it. And I and I think it it's not an important part of the Raider offense, but it could be a selectively situationally uh, low key deal where you know he could go get some free first downs out there. I, I mean, if he yeah, and if he can if there if the situation presents themselves, if the situations present themselves, he's clearly right mobile enough to to go make something happen and. He's just using the tools that he has in his arsenal. He's not a statue back there. Uh, moves around pretty well, and uh, and, and again, that, those were crucial. A number of crucial scrambles. I think, Vinny, before um, before 
the two kneel downs. It was five carries for 42 yards. That's production. That's yeah. real production. Help, help the Raiders get over 200, 200 yards on the day. I think the final figure was 212, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that was, you know, those, those plays are crucial in extending drives and, and just making the defense have to account for something else. Because, again, whether it's a big part of his game or not, it doesn't have to be. You still have to account and know, know that it's there and at least pay a little mind to it. So if those free yards are available, yeah, good on him for, for, for taking those. And they were crucial in certain situations in, in, in the victory the other day. So are you a, a team meeting kind of guy? Ooh, my team meeting time. I mean, I got, you know, if, if, if a team meeting is called for, you know, necessary, then sure. I, I can, I can sit in on a team meeting. Yeah, for sure. Um, did I ever tell you the story about uh, the Clippers team meeting after a game? Where did no, it, where... no, educate me. <laughs> All right. So um, it was, it was the DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, Vinny Del Negro, you know, that, that crew. All right. So um, pretty good team. That was the uh, Lob City. It was it was in the, it was in the um, you know the height of Lob City. So they go on a little bit of a skid, and uh, uh, they're playing uh, at Staples Center. It's like a Wednesday night or something like that. So you know we're on deadline. You know what I'm saying? Like those games start you know seven o'clock, seven thirty sometimes, um, and it's a it's a deadline nightmare. So we go uh, you know after the game to go you know interview the players, and the doors are shut. The doors are locked. We're not allowed into. Um, into the into the locker room and we're hearing yelling and screaming you know we're right outside you know couldn't quite you know understand exactly what was being said but there was yelling and screaming it got emotion it was about an hour and a half all right an hour and a half so uh you know there went deadline um <laughs> for the for the paper anyway yeah so we we ended up going in right afterwards and i remember uh talking to the i remember talking to a couple of players and uh so what, what was it what was the team meeting? What was that all about? What team meeting? Well, the the, the meeting, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I Oh, we were just talking about, you know, like where we're going to go out to dinner and everything like that. So why? how long did it take? Oh, you know, no, no, team meeting. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's like, so they were just completely, you know, uh, sweeping it under the rug and uh, we're not giving us anything about that. Okay. So, and that happens from time to time. I mean, just laugh it off. What are you going to do? Uh, well, the Raiders had a team meeting, um, Sam, after the game on Sunday against uh, the Titans. All right. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes as, you know, I was talking about hearing the, the screaming and yelling, I got emotional with the Clippers. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, harsh things need to be said. And sometimes some certain people need to hear it. Right. Um, but it doesn't always have to be like that. And uh, for the players that I was able to uh, to talk to and glean from, it sounded like this one with the Raiders um, was it was open and frank and they kind of opened things up to, to everybody. And, you know, you have to, as Darren Waller told me, you know, you have to you have to make room for honesty, you know, uh, even if that honesty isn't always the nicest thing to be said. Um, you know, or, or, or includes, you know, uh, things that aren't the nicest things that people want to hear. But he also said, you know, in typical Darren Waller, you know, fashion, uh, but, but, you know, there has to be peace and there has to, it has to be, you know, a good thing too, you know, positive because the other way doesn't always, doesn't always work. So it sounded like they, you know, they got things off their chest. They did it in a respectful way. They let everybody talk and all that. Uh, but the one big part of it was, just sort of a reminder of guys to ask guys, as, as Darren told me, you know, are you really doing enough? <laughs> you know, are you, are you, are you doing enough when it comes to everything, you know, how you're rehabbing, how you're studying, how you're practicing, you know, in the weight room, all of those types of things, because here's the deal, um, especially with young players, you know, guys get to this level because they've worked 
you know, this hard, you know, and I'm kind of holding up my hand right now at a certain level. Okay. But to stay here and to, 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 to really excel here at this level, there's another gear that you sometimes have to get. And I think for young players who have had success, I mean, they're in the NFL, you know, and and they put this kind of effort in there and they think that that's the hardest you have to work or can work, but sometimes there's an extra gear that you can go to. And I think that was what this, this thing was, uh, uh, you know, meant to, meant to do is like, you know, there's another gear and you can get to it. And if you care enough, you'll find that extra gear, whether it's in the weight room or whatever the case might be on the field when it counts. Um, and so I, I think it had a positive effect in, in, at least in this case. Well, I mean, you see the, the way that the team responded, right. And it had to have it kind of situation. They, they, they put a full game together more or less. They put a, their most complete game together of the year and gave themselves right a chance at this point of the season to keep, you know, a lot of their hopes and stuff alive. Now, of course, they have a tough one coming up in a few days, Vinny. Like, let's make no bones about that. Going into Arrowhead Stadium, playing the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes who just hung 40 on Tampa Bay. So, well, let's see how, you know, if, if they can keep the momentum rolling. Because in the past, the past couple of years, right, the, the Chiefs games um, in Arrowhead Stadium uh, have been massive, right? Like, it's you, we know what's at stake with the matchup and, and games that have gone in two entirely different directions. So, um, this could be, you know, the, a, a, a continuance of the turning point that potentially we saw uh, on Sunday, or, it, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, how they go into the bye and how they respond to, to their first victory. Because, again, anytime you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes and even without Tyreek Hill, they're figuring things out on that offense and, and a very solid defense as well. It's, it's going to be tough. So um, we'll see. We'll see what this, you know, the rest of this week looks like and what that matchup looks like on Monday. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, when you look at that, it's, it's right before the bye week. Um, and it's just such a mind trick. Because uh, two and three is two and three, no matter how you slice it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. You're, you're two and three, but there's a big difference between winning three straight and losing two straight to go into the bye, and losing st- two three straight and winning two straight to go into the bye. Um, so I think the Raiders, if they can salvage this somehow, some way to win two games the way they're going to, they will have had to have won them, you know, beating the Denver Broncos, then going on the road and beating the Kansas city chiefs to get to the bye week How much better is that bye week And in terms of their spirits night and day. Yeah. Right. Night and day, night and day. And and this is, again, this is a place they've won before, right? Kansas city as good as they looked against Tampa Bay and and being as, as talented of a team as we know that they are, uh, they did just get beat by the Colts a couple weeks ago. So this isn't an invulnerable team. I think, you know, we kind of talked about it, Vinny, at the game the other day uh, before the Raiders game started, but the parity this year and just kind of what we've seen and the unpredictability, right. um, it, it's, it makes it hard to draw conclusions. We know Kansas City's good and that they're, you know, they're probably going to be there at the end of the season with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But you, you can't – they still have to go out there and protect their home field, and that's not something that they've always done against the Raiders, you know, as we saw in 2020. So it's a huge matchup um, for a number of reasons. I think, you know, we didn't touch on it a ton, um, but the Raiders defensively, right, the, the pass rush, what we saw from Max Crosby um, in that third quarter and how, how much better their defense played in the second half um, uh, against Denver compared to the first half, that has to be something that, that, that makes Patrick Graham excited because – He's going to have his work cut out for him. And if they can generate a pass rush, they had their success at Arrowhead Stadium a couple of years ago when they were in Patrick Mahomes' face 
and making things happen and pressuring him. So you would imagine that's going to be a crucial part of the game plan. Um, there, there's really no way to defend him, um, but that gives you the best possible chance. So it's a fascinating matchup for a number of reasons. And, and again, could, you know, could be the turning point uh, for the season one way or the other. Yeah. And uh, that second half, um, you know, uh, the way the Raiders have played the second half short of the Cardinal game. And even in the Cardinal game, I felt it was more that they weren't getting the necessary help from their offense. You know, the offense played so bad in the second half that it kind of let the defense uh, left them uh, out to dry in that second half. And by the end of the game, they were just dog tired, right, Um, against the Cardinals. It wasn't so much that they were having a bad day. It was just they were out there too long. Um, So but but aside from that game, it's like the the second halves have been pretty good for the Raiders defense. Are are we talking about a thing here? I mean, is that something that 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 is sustainable moving forward for them? But yeah, I mean, clearly, right, there's there are adjustments being made and there are things that are changing at halftime. They're coming into the second half of games with a different approach um, as they do in the first, you know, as they do in the first half. So um, with that being said, right, we'll see if they can put together a full game on that. And it's a really it's a really tall task. But the ability to adjust and to be able to, to tweak things on the fly is, is of course, such an asset um, and, and really a necessity at the highest of levels for, for any coaching staff. And, you know, credit to Patrick Graham. He's been able to do that for the most part in the second half this year. Uh, and it's he's got another tremendous opportunity um, on Monday against, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL and a high-flying offense um, with Andy Reid at the helm. Can they do it? Uh, can they? Sure. Um, <laughs> will they? I don't know. I don't know. Kansas City looked really good, and, and, and they were letting – you know, they were they were moving that ball up and down the field against a really good defense. But um, maybe, you know, maybe the Raiders are onto something. Maybe there's a formula there. You run the ball, you keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, you get in his face a little bit, then sure, you never you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, can they? Um, sure. Will they? <laughs> we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And look, this is a team, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Right. So, um you know, uh, it's still kind of a week to week proposition right now. And the NFL uh, had a had a chance to talk to Josh McDaniels about that uh, a little bit on Monday, just how, you know, teams are, are it, it's it's because of how things play out now in training camp and, you know, the, the, the amount of time that you can practice, the fact that you can't practice uh, in, in pads, the fact that teams generally don't play their starters very much uh, in the preseason anymore. Um, it's 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 kind of um, created a situation where that first month of the season is really about kind of finding, or it's almost a continuation, I should say, of training camp where you're still putting things together. You're still getting things straightened out. You're still figuring out things. Uh, and it's just, it, it, you could see, Sam, uh, in some of these scores and some of these results um, that everyone is still kind of, you know, poking around in the dark a little bit, trying to figure out who they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And and for some teams, it's going to take longer than others. And, you know, it's not, it's not too, too late to, 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 to continue to develop that. It's, it's still only, I mean, this is only week five and you're right. Like at some point it, it will be, um, but given what, you know, the Raiders put forth uh, in week four against Denver, um, and, and seeing some of the positive developments that they have, you know, Raiders fans have to be encouraged. The coaching staff has to be encouraged. And again, this is a huge opportunity um, to make a statement and, and really keep their hopes in the division um, alive. And and who would have thought that after the way that they started and the way that they finished some of those games, you know, early in the season. Uh, but a victory here uh, it can completely change their fortunes and put them right back in the mix where they want to be. Absolutely. Uh, and whatever happens, we will be here to talk about it uh, next week as the Raiders return from Kansas City, whether it's uh, one in four or 
two and three. Uh, we'll be here to talk about it uh, as the Raiders head into the bye week uh, and collect themselves one way or another. And uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly where they are uh, when they do hit that bye week. Uh, Sam, thank you very much for everything that you do. Always appreciate it. Appreciate uh, thank you. you appreciate that. Uh, thanks to uh, all, of our, all of our loyal listeners and subscribers. Um, we appreciate uh, all the support. You're why we do this. Larry Muir, thank you for being um, who you are and, and doing what you do we always appreciate that as well until next week have a great week enjoy monday night football kansas city uh, chiefs against the uh, las vegas raiders it doesn't get any better than monday night football between those two teams uh, at arrowhead stadium take care and we'll talk to you guys next week Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.